0: I found it confusing to justify not allowing someone who I loved ejaculate in me when I would let random strangers do that.
1: It's time to talk, 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 talk. talk. Now it might be very hard to comprehend some of the life choices made by my next guest. Thomas is a gay man who deliberately became infected with HIV and he says he did it for love. G'day Thomas. Good morning. It's a really, it's just an extraordinary choice that you've made, and everyone will want to know why, and they'll want to know how you came to make it. But let's go a few steps back first. When were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed in 2007. Okay, you're 35 years old now. Do do you see your HIV status as a death sentence? Not at all, no.
0: Um, With the fabulous medication that is now available to us, I'm now healthier, much healthier than what I've ever been in my life, so... And, you know, the research is constantly going on. And I see people who five years ago were taking, you know, five pills twice a day and they were struggling with the side effects of those pills to where, like, I'm on three pills once a day. I have no side effects. Mm. And they have improved
1: my immunodeficiency system amazingly. And I'm very healthy now. Everybody knows they're going to die at some stage. But most of us, we're able basically to crack on with life, I suppose, and just get on with things without having to give too much thought to the concept. Of how we're going to die, yet you—it's a reality. It must—it lives with you every day. You know that you have this virus, and it must make you aware of your mortality. And being aware of your mortality, it must have a huge impact on your life, doesn't it? From a, on a day-to-day basis, I think
0: that death is so random that to even with the choice of becoming HIV positive. I think the way and when I'm going to die is completely out of my hands, and fate only has a hand in that. I could die of a HIV-related rel- illness, while I could also be hit by a bus leaving the studio today. Mm. So, at least if I do die from a HIV-related illness, I'll know
1: it. Pop- I know it. I know what it will be, and. And is there some comfort in that, in understanding, you know, what you can expect? Because like you say, most of us don't know how it's going to happen, but you have some comfort, perhaps, in understanding what to expect. Um,
0: to be honest with you, Tim, I really don't think I will die of a HIV-related illness. With the medications around these days and the constant research that is still going into medication, um, I will probably live longer and more healthier than maybe you will. Mm. Um, my immunodeficiency, sy- sorry, my immune system is perfect. I'm I'm classed as what is now undetectable. My my um, T cell counts is so low, and um, I, I'm actually looking forward to a brighter life now than what I did. So, so this th- isn't this isn't denial speaking, is it? No, not at all, not at all, not at all. While I was in the process of mm. coming to a decision about what, whether I wanted to become HIV positive, dying was a huge part of that thought process and um, not denial.
1: Fair enough. Now, you're openly promiscuous. You were before HIV and since. You told me that off-air. Can you estimate how many partners that you have had in your lifetime? I'm going to say between two and
0: 3,000 partners. That so- was prior to becoming... HIV positive. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of interaction with a lot of men, um, not always practicing safe sex. And I guess you could say I dodged
1: a bullet for many years. And at some stage in your story, you met a man and, and you fell in love, yeah? Absolutely. And it was your love for that man that led you to this choice to become infected with HIV. Can you take us through that it's an amazing choice it's an amazing decision take Mm -hmm. us through it
0: okay well um i met my partner when i was 29 and um at that time as you said earlier i was being quite promiscuous with a lot of men and um my partner uh, he told me straight away that he was hiv positive and he was diagnosed as being positive at, at the age of 16 at this stage he'd been positive for about 14 years and um I met somebody who, for the, f- for the f- I fell found love for the first time. I fell in love, and
1: and you knew before you slept with him that he was HIV positive. Absolutely, he, d- absolutely. he disclosed
0: that to you. Absolutely. When we met, I wasn't going to. I How didn't did see a husband straight away. Um, I, well, I being a gay man, I met lots of people who are HIV positive, and okay. um, I admired his um, honesty straight up, and mm. um, it was great. So we started dating, and um, after about six months of being together, and. I'd fallen in love for the first time, and I was—we agreed that we were going to be a committed, loving relationship. What was it about him in particular that made you fall in love? What did you love about him? I guess you know, I was 29, and you know, um, I wasn't looking for love, but I was certainly hoping it would come to me. Um, And the thing with Robbie was that sometimes um, not all packages come in, not all gifts come in packages that you expect them to come in. Um, It was unexpected. It was instantaneous from both sides. It was amazing, and um, yeah, but when I met him, I didn't consider becoming HIV positive. This wasn't something that just happened overnight. This was after six months of being in a loving relationship, and I was meeting all these people with HIV who weren't happy. and. I wanted Robbie to feel happy in his life and not let HIV be the centre or the focus of his life. There is, We, we, we had a loving, wonderful sex life prior to me coming to HIV, it wasn't the focus, like there's many things you can do without having to be in fear
1: of contracting HIV. That's. This is where it starts to really intrigue me if I'm going to be perfectly honest in a sort of very morbid type of way. Mm-hmm. You could have led a relationship that was safe and where you took precautions. And many people do. So at what stage did you both start having a discussion about the fact that you should also become infected?
0: Well, as I was saying earlier, I was very promiscuous prior to meeting my partner and there was certainly a wall there sometimes sexually because we, he couldn't fulfil his lovemaking to me that in a way that a loving couple do. And... Prior to meeting him, I would let lots of men do that to me. So
1: the HIV I would, was a barrier.
0: If I if I let a stranger do that to me, why wouldn't I let someone who I loved give do can that to talk, me?
1: Can we talk? Can we just call a spade a spade? What are we talking about? Are we talking about anal anal sex? Here? Anal sex. This is where. So you couldn't let him give you anal sex? Ejac,
0: no, I would let him absolutely, but it was the ejaculation into. Okay. Yeah, the ejaculation. Um, as long as there's no fluid coming out of the penis while you're actually having sex and penetrating, then the chances of um, transmitting HIV are very, very low. And um, this was a
1: very powerful barrier in your relationship, by the same. Absolutely.
0: Well, being in love. We were both in love. and And I wanted to show him how much I loved him. And I found it confusing to justify not allowing someone who I loved ejaculate in me when I would let random strangers do that. So
1: The obvious question many listeners would be wanting to ask is, wasn't it good enough for him to do that wearing a condom? Or is it just not the same?
0: Basically, I fell in love with someone for the first time and, and this was a barrier and I didn't want it to be a barrier.
1: Mm. So who raised it as a subject in terms of uh, the possibility that you would become deliberately infected with HIV. How did that become a subject between I, the two of
0: you? I started talking to it with my best friend without my partner knowing, and each conversation led to this topic about should I l- allow him to infect me? Should I allow myself to become infected? Prior to meeting him, I made several close calls and you know several check, checks, you know, sexual health checks, where I thought that they're going to tell me I'm positive, and you know I was very fortunate that it didn't, but. Yeah, it, it seemed to make sense. So, Were your
1: friends trying to talk you out of this?
0: As the, as the, the, top, the thought of me doing this grew, I started talking to other HIV-positive people, men and women, asking them their journeys with HIV and what it's like being positive. And that then led to me discussing with them my thoughts about possibly becoming HIV-positive. Posit- um, HIV and it wasn't just about the health consequences on me, it was also about the social consequences consequences of living in a community where, of a lot of gay and lesbian people where I would have to admit that I chose to become HIV positive and
1: some people would see that as a, a very, very bad choice. And Absolutely. What, what astounds me about what you've spoken to me about so far is just how much thought you put into this. Mm-hmm some people when I said at the top of the show that you had deliberately went out of your way to become infected would have said wow he must have done that on a whim he must have been drunk, he must have been on drugs mentally unwell for a period but even now all these years later you look back and you can say it was calculated absolutely, and it was very deliberate Mm -hmm. and it was very researched and Mm -hmm. you spoke to doctors about this I understand.
0: Absolutely, absolutely if it was 20 years ago where the medication wasn't at the level that it is today this would never have been a choice that it would have even come into my brain but as i was talking to people and who were living with hiv talking to doctors about what it's like you know the medicines and stuff like that the negative the negative impacts definitely were less than the positive impacts that of sharing this with with my partner who
1: i've loved he loved me so did, were you realistic, though, looking back? Were you realistic? Because it sounds to me like you're saying you felt like even though you were going to become infected, there was a good chance that it wouldn't necessarily be that death sentence because of the advancements hmm. Hmm. Uh, in treating the disease. Were you realistic looking back?
0: Death was not was never a thought. Like, I know I'm not going to die from this disease. Definitely the journey of living with HIV, I... I I expected the worst. I expected to have um, sleep deprivation, weight loss, um, you know, problems with um, side effects from medication. So I went into this thinking that the worst possible scenario.
1: Tell me about the first time that you raised this with your partner when you told him, I don't want to take the precautions anymore. Mm. How did he react?
0: I think he was surprised, but. I think you could also feel the love in my heart, and that's where it was coming from. It was coming from a place of love. This was not from a place of, I want to be infected with HIV. This was coming from a place of, I love my partner, and I want to share this journey with him as we would share our lives together.
1: Did he try and talk you out of it?
0: Absolutely he did. Absolutely he did. And he was the one who encouraged me to go see his HIV specialist with him. What did he say to you? He wasn't just fearful of the medical repercussions of on me of becoming HIV positive, but also the social impact of himself... Being stigmatised. Being
1: stigmatised by people in our community because he has actively infected another person. So he insisted that you go and see an HIV specialist together, is that correct? Absolutely, absolutely. We just Did this HIV specialist, did his eyes pop out of his head when you told him that you were no, thinking of no. taking such a risk?
0: When I was... When I was diagnosed with HIV, the campaign that was being run by the AIDS Council of New South Wales at the time was that um, 45% of HIV infections in gay men were happening in relationships. So at the time, I was just a statistic. That no, not I'll,
1: necessarily deliberately, though.
0: No, not de- a lot of it wasn't deliberately. It was mm. from um, infidelity and partners, mm, um, straying and not telling their partners and becoming infected and coming home and having unsafe sex. Mm. So the doctor came from a, a medical standpoint he reacts for personal opinions but he re- reiterated that this is my personal choice he cannot tell me what to do and but I surely wasn't there his for that. medical
1: advice was continue taking the precautions
0: absolutely absolutely he mm. he, he
1: he was he, so effectively it, you you ignored doctor's advice but
0: in that same breath no i did not ignore his he he didn't say don't do this he i think he too saw that this was coming from a place of love and when, we, when I went in there and spoke to the doctor, it wasn't about, I want to become infected, what do you think? The topic was, I'm in love with my partner, this disease is in the way, I'm having these thoughts, can you please give me some advice? So he knew straight away this wasn't coming from a place of, once again, I want to be infected with HIV, this was, I want to share my my partner's life journey and let him know that he's not alone in this and I will be there
1: for him. Can you talk to me about that first night day that first occasion Mm -hmm. when you had that unprotected sex was Mm -hmm. there a last minute conversation do you really want to do this was it were you scared
0: the connection of us that evening was very strong we were very aware of yes it it wasn't about second thoughts from either of us but we were certainly living in the moment at that time and unlike many people out there who have become HIV from unknown sources and they can't pinpoint an exact time I'm really glad that I'm able to say that I know when I became infected I know that I was having a loving intimate time with my loving partner when I became infected. And that means a lot to you. Absolutely. Because when you hear the stories of other HIV men and how they became infected... It's sorted. It's sorted And it's, some of them are sad and some of them are, as I said, from um, partners who were being, you
1: know, um, who were cheating on them. and they. Were, but most commonly people who just don't know it all. Don't know at all. Don't know at all. Mm. And... A lot of people are going to take aim at your partner mm-hmm. when they listen to this. They're going to say why didn't he prevent this from happening they will they, I because mean, it comes across as selfish so what I'm wanting to know from you is what do you think he got out of this choice that you made I mean is it a little bit Romeo and Juliet was there some comfort for him in knowing that you would share this terminal virus
0: As far as I'm aware, from my communication with him, which is quite often about this subject, was that I did my research and I didn't just jump into this without any consideration for all the consequences and all the possibilities.
1: Do you think that absolves him of guilt that possibly should be levelled at him? This wasn't just your choice; it was the choice of both of you.
0: I can't answer that because
1: he's not here. I wish you, you know, I'm, I'm. What do you think he got out of it, though? on a personal level on a psychological level what what was the benefit for him well
0: any loving couple knows that when an orgasm shared is a beautiful thing and for the when, when, that night when i became infected for the first time he was able to we were able to complete that
1: to consummate your relationship to consummate
0: our, to consummate our relationship. Um, wow. we, we've jokingly said several times that that night was our wedding
1: night. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that being infected was like us having exchanging wedding rings, you know. Um,
1: Thomas, you're not together with this man anymore?:
0: No. It's only just recently happened, so falling out of love for the first time. <laughs> Where are you left now? The choice of becoming HIV positive has come up several times in the last couple of weeks, specifically since I've um, split with my partner and whether it was the right choice to make and now that we're not together anymore I have to go out into the world as a single positive HIV positive man now, not just a single gay man, but a single HIV positive man. And I've questioned, you know, quite often as I said in the last couple of weeks, whether this was the right choice to make and Every time I think about it, the answer is always the same, and that's yes. I do not regret making this choice.
1: Can I ask you something? And I'm not saying this applies to you, but some people would say that a person who made a choice similar to the one that you made, mm-hmm. that might suggest that there was a great sadness about that person or a torment prior to them making that decision. Mm-hmm. What type of person were you before you made that decision?
0: Oh, look, I'm a very free-spirited fun-loving individual who were you lonely there was moments of loneliness but I think that even within a loving relationship there's still moments of loneliness absolutely I was lonely and but I had wonderful friends and family in my life and I was always hoping that I would meet somebody I guess I was one of the classic examples where I actually stopped looking for love and that's when I found love so um Um,
1: How do you feel about your partner today?
0: The fact that he gave me HIV does not enter into into the equation when I think about how I feel about him now that we're not together.
1: Was it a factor in the breakdown of the relationship?
0: No, not at all, no. When I chose to become HIV positive from him, I was hoping I would spend the rest of my life with him. Of course. And I've spent the last six months trying to salvage my relationship and to try and make it work, unfortunately the things that were problems in my relationship were not mine and therefore I can't fix them, so I've had to now walk away and with a broken heart and um, a bit of anger in there as well because it didn't work out, but I still wouldn't make any, any other choice. Unfortunately, I'm going
1: back to being promiscuous a little bit. and Is it hard to find partners who are willing to sleep with you now that uh, you are HIV positive?
0: Yes. Well, no. The, the network of HIV positive gay men is very strong and very tight. So being able to source
1: other HIV positive sexual partners is not difficult. So typically you are sleeping with uh, people who are also HIV positive these yes. days? Yes, and
0: we call that zero sorting with an S. S-E-R-O, zero sorting, where I just seek to have just HIV positive mom- men as sexual
1: partners. So do you deliberately stay away from HIV negative people? No, but there's a lot of... They stay away from you?
0: Yes, because there is a lot of still, a, even in the gay and lesbian community, there is still a lot of there's still a lot of misinformation being passed around about how um, HIV can be um, transmitted. Um, there's a word that goes around that is really upsetting to me, and it's upsetting to most um, gay um, gay positive men, and that's the word "clean." Clean. Um, clean. Yes. Are you clean of disease? And now that I'm a single man, I get asked that quite a lot, and I've been called lots of things in my life as a gay man, but I find that word one of the most offensive that I've because the implication
1: is you are dirty dirty
0: and filthy and when you live in a when you're a community of gay men who's all who we've been victimized our whole life to be to be victimized within my own community mm. by my people it's very hard so
1: and, Makes, you, and you should, at the very least, have the support of your own community, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yet but you don't. Absolutely. But can you understand from the other point of view, too, that people who are promiscuous, like yourself, mm-hmm. would only want to be promiscuous with people that they consider um, safe? Mm-hmm. I, I understand the word clean specifically being quite offensive, mm-hmm. but do you do you respect that some people just don't want to sleep with you because of your status?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Many years ago, when I was a single man, I rejected other HIV-positive men as possible sexual partners because Mm. they were HIV-positive. And when I was a single gay man before becoming positive, I did assume that probably one out of 50 men that I asked whether they were um, positive, and they said no, they probably were. And Either without knowing or knowing. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, A lot of people don't get tested. Um, That's as I was saying earlier, added to my decision to become HIV positive because there were so many opportunities in my past where I could have become positive that...
1: I guess it was just luck that I wasn't but but I mean th- that that logic that it was inevitable anyway is almost akin to oh, being not in inevitable
0: a... not inevitable but the but the odds were definitely increasing that I was going to or decreasing that I was going to become positive but it's
1: still similar to for example being in a war and shooting yourself in shooting yourself because mm. you feel like it's going to happen anyway mm. I mean to me that logic is is hard to follow I respect it but mm. it's it's hard for some people to follow
0: I guess so often in life you see people die in such surprising ways doing things that you wouldn't expect you know mothers dying in childbirth people dying while on holidays people dying driving to the beach with their children
1: so but the difference is they're accidental deaths mm-hmm. and they're not planned. No, absolutely. But Your course of action was premeditated and planned. And same, Some people would consider it suicide but just not instantaneous. Definitely not suicide. That's where all the, all the research that... That's what you actually really object to that mm, school of thought, don't you? Absolutely. So explain absolutely. to me why. Um, sometimes when I have conversations
0: about being positive and what it's like being positive with heterosexual people and other younger gay men... I sometimes find myself almost selling HIV because the negatives of being HIV positive are much less than the positives from my point of view.
1: In saying all of that, Thomas, are you scared at all of your future?
0: No, no not, no more than anybody else. Um, I'm more scared driving in my car to work every day than what I am along that freeway and then I am about having HIV.
1: When you get a, a few symptoms, like mm. flu-like symptoms, I, you're not scared. No. Um,
0: I'm Before becoming um, HIV positive, I was like every other man. My health was secondary to everything else. I only went to the doctor when it was severely needed. Since becoming positive, I see my doctor every three months. I have my blood checks regularly. Um, I see a dietitian. So... My health is more of a focus now than ever before.
1: If you met another person, a person who was in love, particularly, I suppose, a younger person, and they were contemplating something similar to what you did to take on a virus with no cure for the sake of love, effectively, Mm -hmm. what would you say to them?
0: Everybody's journey in life is their own. I would not be recommending to anybody to become HIV positive because that's the choice and decision that everybody has to make for themselves. I can only tell of my journey and my truths and my realities of this. Mm. And while I'm not trying to suggest that this is was a positive choice in my life and which would encourage others to do the same, I hope that they focus on the individual on the individual circumstances of their lives and make their choice themselves. I think it's really hard for people to have a different view on HIV when for so long we've had the green Reaper image in our head of the death sentence and this horrible life and people laying in beds you know looking gaunt and yellow and sickly and dying of horrible of a horrible death the HIV of 2012 is very different from that
1: Thomas thanks for sharing your story on time to talk tonight thank you good luck with your journey thank you